0: I am super excited to have you back for another episode of Red Receipt. It's a deep dive into the how and why of the brands we love and the creatives behind them. From blueprints to launch day, customers as community, and the detours in between. Big lessons and easy listening. Red Receipt is hosted by Antidote, the email and SMS marketing agency by people who hate boring email. Today on the show, we welcome Drew Todd, the co-founder of Feels CBD, the less-is-more two-ingredient CBD brand you can trust. Coming from a background in film production and ad tech, Drew and his co-founders launched Feels with a mission to remove the stigma behind cannabinoids and to help people find a simpler, healthier way to feel their best while joining the CBD movement. Drew joins us on the show to talk about their journey of overcoming the negative stigma and making CBD more approachable for the masses. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Where are you from originally? Um,
1: So I grew up in Boulder, Colorado, uh, and made my way here to LA, um, actually during the summers of college. I I had... uh, feature film and kind of the film industry in my eye and studied film at Colorado uh, and was out here in LA with internships every summer. Um, So it was a pretty natural transition once I graduated from school uh, to move on out.
0: And were you, after school, were you working in the film industry?
1: Yeah. So I, I cut my teeth at DreamWorks Animation and then Universal Pictures uh, in various production roles and then started a creative agency with a buddy of mine um, right at the time where uh, like video content online, like wasn't a thing for bigger brands. And there was this interesting dichotomy of brands willing to spend, you know, $250,000 on a television or broadcast commercial and agencies being able to service that. And then brands quickly wanting digital content and agencies not having like the resources to be able to produce that. So we kind of slipped in as these like below the line director, producer, editor, uh, kind of workhorses, okay. you know, in our early twenties and got to produce a bunch of content for um, some big brands. Uh, it was a it was a pretty fun experience because our mantra was you know work with cool brands, tell great stories, and travel the world. Uh, we got to do all three and made next to no money uh, <laughs> doing them, but got lots of really great life stories. Uh, I thought and you adventures. were going to say
0: that you also ended up making a ton of money doing it. I was no, like, no, it, there's, always sac- there's
1: always a sacrifice. There's always a sacrifice, and <in> that <laughs> one, it, at least in that uh, that phase, that was uh, eating ramen for a uh, a long time. So, uh,
0: <laughs> what type of brands were you, you working with? It.
1: Uh, we got our first break um, with vitamin water where we did like a digital interactive campaign for them, which was like make boring, brilliant, um, which was an exciting thing. And that quickly laddered into uh, a campaign for AT&T and the release of like an HTC one phone uh, where we came up with a concept. We were, um, we were inspired by the, the, uh, the, Filmmaker, you know, uh, digital producer, Casey Neistat, uh, where he had used uh, a Nike budget, like a large Nike budget to like travel the world. Um, And we couldn't come up with creative for our treatment. So we we decided like, hey, we're going to just take this budget for AT&T and we're going to go to Alaska and fit as many crazy things as we possibly can in 48 hours. And run a gun and hopefully capture it all. And uh, we won, <laughs> we won the bid. And they gave us some phones, and we were like on a plane to Alaska, like within forty-eight hours, <laughs> not really knowing what we had signed ourselves up for. <laughs>
0: That's insane, isn't it? Hilarious that that bid won. And you're like thinking, probably at the time, like we had nothing else, and this was like the craziest thing we could even think of
1: the creative that came from the agency on that, that was like really like we couldn't wrap our heads around, um, you know, was capturing a don't miss moment on the phone. And it was a pretty limited budget and like a really limited timeline. And we were like, well, like we can't manufacture this. And like, we don't have the, the budget or the resources to like produce this well in a studio, even in LA. So it was like, okay, what, like, let's, you know, let's go back to the drawing board. And I think that the aha moment was like, okay, well, we can't produce this. Let's just like go create our own don't miss experience. And hopefully we'll capture a don't miss <laughs> moment uh, in the process.
0: How did the shoot end up turning out?
1: Uh, it, it, I think that it. Delivered on what we were hoping. Uh, It ran on the website uh, of the phone for a a short while. It's interesting, like producing digital content like that, because it has like such a short life. Like it just doesn't typically, like unless it's a viral hit, like it doesn't really carry on. Um, And so it it lived for a short while on the AT and T site. Uh, We had an incredible adventure, uh, and it definitely, I think pushed the limit of what we thought was possible of just, like, uh, you know, coming up with a concept that was a little bit out of the box. Um, So, like, shortly after that, uh, my partner in that business uh, had a job with his then boss that was a commercial director in London that took him overseas for a year, and things slowed down uh, quite a bit. And at the time, uh, Alex and Eric, my two co-founders, I had co-founded an ad tech company called ad exchange with a, a third partner and the business was an absolute rocket ship. Um, so I, I remember having a conversation with Alex, who was a, a, college, uh, colleague of mine, um, where he was just, you know, telling me about this new industry performance marketing, that it was exploding and, you know, that it was something that, um, you know, I should really come in and check out. There was like they were hiring as quickly as they could trying to bring smart people onto the team. And, you know, it was a, it was a pretty exciting opportunity. Um, So I went down to, this is actually uh, Costa Mesa and met the team, learned a little bit about what they were doing and um, educated myself enough on the topic that felt like I could be, you know, somewhat helpful at the time. Um, and decided to kind of take the plunge. And so I joined, uh, the ad exchange team in 2014, uh, and we ended up running that business, uh, about as quickly as you possibly can run and achieving over hundred million dollars in the first 19 months of the business, uh, which was absolutely insane. We had a super lean team. We were like less than 20 people at the time. Um, and c- learned how to create a tremendous amount of value for e-commerce players and uh, optimizing conversion rate optimization and driving traffic towards products and brands online. Um,
0: that sounds insane. That
1: experience, like, really was the basis for uh, our next step, you know, after the three of us had gotten some time off um, to reset we brought the team back together again. Alex actually assembled the team again, uh, and he had been just a huge CBD advocate uh, for a while um, for personal for personal reasons. And having grown up in Boulder, it was something that I was familiar with. But this is now 2018, and the on a federal level, CBD was still a Schedule One. It was basically considered similar to heroin in the eyes of the federal government. Uh, But in small state communities and city communities, uh, there was really this growing citizen science and buzz about this molecule and the benefits that it was providing. Um, The scientific community was really like handcuffed. Uh, There was some research coming out of Israel and outside of the US, but not as much here. And it it provided this really interesting landscape that when, you know, presented with this opportunity, you know, the three of us really had decided if we're going to do this again and we're going to get it back into business, we really want to make a positive impact and build a purpose-driven company where the product's functional benefits serve the mission. I think that that's like something really core to what we're building is that you find a lot of brands that, you know, have a mission, they're purpose driven, they're selling something, but they're also, you know, serving a mission where for us, it was really important that the product actually delivered on what we wanted to be doing. And, and really at the, at the peak of that is helping people live happier, healthier lives. And so that, you know, for us, it felt like this wild opportunity where there is this, you know, kind of nascent industry that no one had heard of. There was a lot of uh, bad stigma. America's war on drugs has really cast cannabis and and cannabis byproducts in a a really negative light. Uh, And we saw this shining opportunity of being able to uh, get in and hopefully provide Uh, the resources, education, and a product that's efficacy could change people's lives.
0: I have so many questions going back, even all the way to ad exchange. Uh, What was it like? What was it like for you? In some ways, making such like an unconnected leap into a different industry coming from like a creative background, was it hard for you to um i don't know like even update your own view of what your skill set was
1: that's a really good question i'm a huge advocate of lifelong learning and so presenting a new challenge to take on is really an exciting place to operate and thrive i would say that the most difficult part of ad tech and just online marketing in general, particularly direct to consumer uh, that is very against the core of like visual aesthetic is often the best looking creative or the best written creative doesn't perform and you have to run and optimize towards what the public wants. And I think that that is is obviously seen with, uh, you know, content and television. And there is a tremendous draw to uh, reality TV and lower production quality content. And I I think that that was a really hard pill to swallow when jumping into ad tech and realizing, like, the most beautiful, creative and the best designed web page is typically not the way, the winner uh, and allowing data to really tell the story uh, and, and pick the winners for you.
0: Did you end up becoming, uh, did you end up, well, let me go back here. Um, what was it like working in such a rapid, like rapid growth environment also while you were learning A new industry.
1: It was challenging and exciting at the same time. The energy in that office was intoxicating. But at the time I was commuting two and a half hours to three hours per day. So I was really burning the candle at both ends. The transactions were really happening around the clock for our clients and owning and managing the pipes for those businesses, we really had to be at the ready and had numerous all-nighters, you know, making sure that things weren't breaking. Uh, My co-founder, Eric, is phenomenal uh, at, you know, tech ingenuity and engineering. And so he... uh, had several breakthroughs that saved our lives at many points where, you know, there was a lot of manual labor involved and he was able to write a script that then, you know, helped get me, uh, you know, six hours of sleep instead of two. Uh, so it was a, it was definitely a, a trying uh, time in my career, you know, it was late twenties and a driver. Absolutely. I would say that I have a a, a very, unconventional path into wellness. But having gone through that experience and really hitting fatigue and burnout and just pushing things as hard as possible really helped uh, myself as well as Alex and Eric identify the importance of wellness and the importance of self-care and mindfulness and just having space for work and life and that you know that work-life balance I don't know if I
0: went around so many people are striving to on. find um and then so when you when you guys talked about the initial idea of like exploring CBD uh, I'm curious to hear about like how you uh, how you as a group approached launching the brand and like solving the problem coming from that background especially like I'm specifically curious about the fact like that you talked about like listening to what people want and paying attention to the data uh but also like me looking at your brand. It's a beautifully uh, designed brand world that you guys have created, so I'm curious to talk through like a how you guys even approached like launching the brand uh all the way through to branding and design. If that question even makes any sense.
1: (laughs) It does, Sean, we may need the full hour to completely unpack that, Uh, but I can start at the beginning. Uh, So we got the gang back together again in early summer of 2018. And we took a methodical data driven approach to this new category. We were very confident in our ability to sell products online at the time. We were much less confident in our knowledge of having the most efficacious product and selling the right products to the customers and also having product market fit. So, that in the early stages became the goal of really landing. Do we have product market fit? Are these products the best that we possibly could be providing to be servicing this mission of helping people feel better? Are they really helping people feel better? And how do we measure that? And so we ended up launching a proof of concept company that was not named Feels and just selling product. And we sold everything from tinctures to gel caps. We sold pet products. We sold every variety of tincture strength and strain to start understanding how these products worked through very rough behavioral feedback and anecdotal feedback from our customers. Uh, So
0: did you guys develop, did you, sorry to interrupt you, did you develop the product and like build a fake or not a fake, but like a test brand for that experiment. Alex and
1: Eric had pre-existing relationships in the manufacturing world of CVD, and so we were able to quickly have access to what we believe to be very high quality cannabinoids. And with our background in ad tech quickly spun up a website on Shopify. Uh, had merchant processing in the UK and were one of few early brands that were allowed to partner with Pinterest uh, in a paid acquisition partnership that is no longer available to anyone. Uh, And we drove (laughs) more than a million viewers to our website in late summer of 2018 to purchase the products. That was like a pretty impactful groundswell of people to get onto the site. And at the time, we didn't have membership mechanics. We didn't make it particularly easy for people to come back and purchase again. And we started measuring sell-through rates and repurchase rates and where people were gravitating. What we discovered is that customers, by and large, were gravitating towards heavier stronger tinctures with more CBD content in them and consistently purchasing our strongest tinctures at the time, uh, the strongest tincture was a, a 1500 milligram, uh, products. Currently our, our top tincture is at 2,400 milligram. So we took a lot of the learnings and, <laughs> extrapolated where we could go and decided that we wanted to enter the market with feels with the strongest CBD tinctures available uh, with a very less is more strategy. Our product has two ingredients. It's industrial hemp extract and 100% organic MCT oil. That's it, nothing else. Um, and so we, we really learned what this path for our ingredients and product were going to be. So while we're running all of this data gathering, we launch a parallel path in developing the brand. What we recognized in the industry at the time was that, and I had seen in Boulder for many years previous, the cannabis industry and, and even the CBD industry really felt holistic and wellnessy and cannabis-y but just not really an approachable category for the masses. You know, I think between stigma and the design of a lot of these brands with pot leaves and green and, I mean, you've seen it all, we just knew that there there needed to be something different. The number one thing in our industry that, Every brand and every company battles against is trust. That because this is such a gold rush with this new category that has become legalized within the last couple of years, it's very it's a somewhat unprecedented moment in a, a category, particularly a wellness category. And so we've seen just this boom of CBD brands that aren't taking the time to do the diligence with their products. They're buying from third parties, slapping a label on it, and getting it in the market. And so what you find is that people know what CBD is. They've heard about CBD. Maybe they've been beaten over the head by CBD in the past 24, or 36 months, particularly here in LA, New York, um, and some of the, the progressive cannabis Uh, recreational cannabis legal states. But by and large, when you talk to those consumers, not a single one can tell you how many milligrams of CBD they need to take to feel better. Uh, Most people are, you know, sign up and say, oh, yeah, you know, I I added CBD to my latte on the corner last week. I'm not really sure if it did anything. So in our world... (laughs) That's a really big disservice to the industry in general, where we have such intent behind our products for them to be serving a need and actually providing a benefit to the consumer, whether that be with stress and anxiety and calmness or inflammation or sleep. Uh, when you're taking a feels product, you're not buying into you know this vitamin, uh, take it every day for many months, and your body is going to thank you later. Our customers feel a difference in a meaningful and real way within a short period of time of, of consuming our product.
0: Um, I, I love the idea of doing... Um, it's funny, like another brand that I just talked to did a similar experiment with like a test brand vehicle that they created just to get feedback. Um, Talking about like creating the brand, like at that point you guys knew that there was a viable business model because of all the traffic that you had drove to the site. You had, amazing feedback like on what types of products people were interested in even the amount of cbd that was added to those products or developed into those products Um, what was it like developing the like creative vision for how the I mean this like sounds like a pun in some ways but uh for how you wanted the brand to feel like visually and uh even just like customer experience wise knowing that you had by that point had so many so much experience with customers in a new industry that you had just again dove into
1: there's two parts of that customer service and service in general is really the core of our brand we recognized in this proof of concept phase that we needed to make it simple cbd in general it can be a very confusing category make it easy and make it personal with a human touch Uh, during that proof of concept stage my co-founder alex was our customer support and the customer support line would patch through to his cell phone and as we were developing the brand, we would, as a collective group, be listening to his fielding of these customer service calls. The guy is beyond empathetic and it really, really set the course for this human approachable empathetic brand that we were looking to create. We were fortunate to tap uh, the branding agency Herman Shear, which is based here in Venice, to really help bring our vision to life and capture all of the elements that were at the time really ongoing with the business and perfect that into a visual identity. Uh, one that we're very much self describedly this anti-cannabis, cannabis company where everything, you know, you're getting the benefits uh, the functional benefits of the cannabis molecules, but you're not succumbing to the stigmas of the industry. And so, the goal has been destigmatizing, educating, and simplifying what we really believe is a functional remedy that can be a huge, huge part and a of a, a wellness program and a very useful tool in people's.
0: Uh, it seems like it seems like uh, I mean all of this seems like s- simple in essence after the fact, but from me looking from the outside in, like on all of your past experience with your co-founders as well, um, it seems like taking ego out of the like out of your work and listening to. I mean, whether it's clients that you have or customers of your brand, is like one of the main tenets of how you guys have found success. A, do you agree with that? And B, uh, yeah, what do you what do you feel like your main skill set is that has allowed you? To find that success?
1: I would describe empathy as one of the core values of the brand that we're building. We discovered early in the process that when it comes to people's health, a human empathetic touch goes a really, really long way. I think that that is often lost in the direct-to-consumer landscape. And one of the reasons why when we launched the Feels brand, we launched with the CBD hotline. We have a team in Colorado that's internal. We field all calls. We have doses specialists that can talk through any questions about the products or really where people are at. Oftentimes people are dealing with mental health issues and just want someone to talk to on the phone. And so our team, uh, hats off to them. They are just the most empathetic individuals and at the core of our business, we're a customer service organization. I look at other brands that have really paved the way of that. The Zappos is the Chewies of the world. And we see those as, you know, shining lights of, of what you know, a direct-to-consumer brand really should be for its customers. And the way that we look at what we're building is that we're much more a service-based company than a product-based company. When you're buying into fields, when you're becoming a member of fields, you're getting access to all of that beyond just the product. And so while the product is helping you uh, on a physical level, being able to be part of the world that we're creating and the support is really the direction that we want to continue building with the brand.
0: I think that's a really interesting perspective in today's uh, landscape of just so many brands launching online. I feel like there's a huge, um, I don't know, you you guys seem like you could have fallen into this category pretty easily with your past experience. Like I feel like in the service based world, like you guys having uh, an ad tech business servicing clients like that you could have this um, vision of a product based business as exiting, exiting the service world that you, you control your own reality at that point, And that you have the freedom to make decisions on your own time. And I, I feel like there's a ton of direct consumer brands that launch today that are not like at their I mean if they were honest with themselves like they're really not that focused on customer experience in the sense that they don't view themselves as working for their customers. Do you do you think that that's been something that's really set you guys apart and helped attract new customers to the brand outside of like the traditional paid media and uh, traditional ways of acquiring new customers?
1: It's a great question. I think that the landscape for direct-to-consumer has become increasingly easy to enter over the past decade. The barriers to entry have become much lower. Tools like Shopify and outsourced services really allow anyone to spin up a business in a weekend. I think what that does is two things. I think it's very positive because it it's providing opportunity for many more people. But I think that what it also is doing is desaturating consumers to just the value of product. And so when you are a direct to consumer brand and the only impact you can have is through a web experience or through someone shopping on your website, you quickly have to learn, okay, how can we dig deeper? How can we provide more value for these customers beyond just a beautifully designed website or a flashy brand? Uh, To us, brand isn't it's not something that you look at and a well-designed well thought out uh, you know design it's much deeper than that and it's really about what you stand for and how you can service your customers and show up as a reflection of who they are and what they're looking for
0: um, what type of when you guys were launching the business what what type of time horizon? Were you guys looking at for what success would look like, like in terms of growth? Going back to
1: our proof of concept, once we had the aha moment of driving many eyeballs to that proof of concept website, it was (laughs) run as fast as you possibly can. So that timeline, if we're looking at timeline, that preceded the 2018 farm bill by several months. And so there was this gray area where we knew that there was going to be legislation that was passed in Washington that would be fortuitous and really open the opportunities of our business. We didn't know when that was going to happen. We had anticipated it was going to happen sometime in 2019. It ended up getting signed into law December of 2018, so it happened a little bit sooner than what we were expecting, and so we were running as fast as we could, and ended up launching at the end of March 2019 with the feels brand. Uh, I don't think we could have done it any quicker. Um, we we had a lot of coffee, you know, many many all nighters both at our office as well as uh, Herman Shear. Uh, and we were a really small team. It was uh, Eric, Alex, and myself, and we had Matt, who was our first customer experience team member uh, at that time. And, and that was it up until a month, really, before launch when we started bringing on additional team members.
0: What do you What do you view your like personally your main skill set as, or like how do you define your main skill set? Wow, that's
1: a really that's and that's a really challenging question. Um textbooks really describe the perfect founding trio as the hustler, the hacker, and the hipster or the filler. I think what works so well in our dynamic between Alex, Eric, and myself is all three of us have coverage in the other er, other co-founders areas of expertise but also bring unique skill sets to the table. And so in many ways, I think the favorite part of growing a business that I love the most is getting to operate in this filler role where you throw yourself in, you figure something out, and then you find someone much more talented, much smarter, and a greater subject matter expert at that particular function than you are. And you grow your team. And so in many ways, that's where I've fit into the business as this jack of all trades. Let's go handle this next piece of the business. Currently, I'm focusing a lot of my time on product innovation and where the brand is going to go next. It's a new frontier for me. I've never focused in product innovation, but it's something that I'm extremely passionate about and had a Breaking Bad laboratory in my bedroom (laughs) for the first six months of quarantine, tinkering around and reading textbooks on new product formulas. So I think that it's this uh, incessant urge for innovation that really drives me. And that's I think the the secret sauce that I'm I'm able to bring to the team and and help uh, continue building this
0: business. Looking back over even like your career with all of the uh, turns throughout, is there any advice that you would give yourself? Not not like to change the trajectory of your career, but would is there any advice you would give yourself that would give you perspective or help make things uh, a bit easier or more enjoyable along the way? If I
1: were to go back and give myself advice, it would be to trust your heart. When looking at my career from creative all the way until now in wellness, the areas where I was just passionate and so excited and would be up all night working on projects that I wasn't even making money on. And then fast forwarding, <laughs> working all night to put energy into something that I know can make a difference. I think that the thing that many people lose sight of, uh, in their 20s and 30s, and just as they're coming of age, is this balance between passion and energy and what you want to put into the workplace and what you're creating in life, and financial obligations and, and making money and finding that intersection? And so I look at myself now and, and feel like the luckiest guy in the world because we have found this intersection of something that is so true and core to our values of providing something beneficial to the world that hopefully we're able to help people in a, in a very meaningful way, work with some of the smartest people that I've ever had the fortune of of calling partners and friends and team members and teammates uh, and hopefully build a positive business along that, that path. You know, I think that if you're able to find the intersection of, of those three things, uh, it's a really exciting way to live life and it doesn't feel like you're, you're working. Um, you know, I've always been a very big believer that the more value you can create in the world, in whatever regard uh, will eventually you know return uh, you know in kind And so that's really something that we've been set on is just you know how can we help more people? how can we get this product to more people that will find the benefit of using fields and discovering CBD for the first time and being able to, live a more positive life.
0: I mean, sounds like an amazing project to be working on. Uh, I love the brand. I'm excited to try the product. I feel like I've had, I've had the stereotypical experience with CBD that you perfectly described, uh, encountering during the test the test brand phase like I've, I've tried CBD product I didn't feel like I felt much I have absolutely no idea how much I was taking and I also am terrible at doing things consistently honestly it gave me a bad taste of CBD like mentally because I just thought what an amazing product category to get into like I got to get into this. You sell a product that you say, like, it's not effective unless you take it every day for an extended period of time. And then most people aren't that great at doing things consistently. So then if they come back and go like, it didn't work, it didn't work for me. It's like, well, it's actually on you. You didn't take it for long enough for it to take effect. So I, I veered, uh, off of my course, but I have, I, I definitely have the same needs of most people like less anxiety, um, more calm. So I would, yeah, I'm excited to try the product. A long story just to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, excited to get the product in your hands. What we
1: really recognize is that most CBD products just don't have a high enough cannabinoid content to really be efficacious for consumers. And so this idea and somewhat fallacy of needing to take a CBD product for a month before you're going to see the benefits, we're really doing our best to to break that stigma. Uh, We've discovered that by delivering a higher cannabinoid content, consumers are typically feeling the results sooner in a greater way and the habitual use then becomes something that you are looking forward to achieving that state of of homeostasis again rather than achieving a dream state that may be in your future 30 days down the road
0: yes i yeah i totally i love the mission uh and the thought process of starting the brand. I also just like the fact that you guys take such a consumer or customer focused approach. I feel like that's so easy to, to do in theory, but most people are so, I mean, myself included are so self absorbed that they forget um, that business is much simpler than it might seem at times. I think with the
1: invent of direct to consumer, the you know, yesterday era of going to a store and knowing someone by name and having that customer interaction is somewhat lost. You have people sitting behind screens, both, you know, on their mobile phone or on their computer, and everyone has this layer of protection. That's really breaking down human interaction. So as we look forward to the future of D2C and where we get excited about what companies are doing and strive to achieve greatness ourselves is breaking that barrier down, being that human approachable brand that despite distribution being sold direct to consumer we're as easy to get a hold of as
0: calling your mom I, I love the idea well uh thank you so much for for taking the time to talk to me I'd love the hearing your background too like the unconventional path to where you are today I think is super um insightful for a lot of people that Want to start brands or are interested in getting into entrepreneurial ventures. So, definitely thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Sean.